everyone, and welcome back to the Redbeard Outdoors podcast. This is Jonathan, your host, and here at Redbeard Outdoors, I talk about family, faith, fitness, and the outdoors, and how those four things incorporated into your life can definitely change your life for the better. I've just noticed throughout my life, people that maybe I've looked up to or people that have had consistent success, uh, things that I want to achieve in my life or more, um, you know, they just incorporate those four things into their life in some form or fashion. And I want to share my journey with you. I want to share these amazing conversations like I have today with the Gale Force twins, uh, Amanda and Emily, and they are just awesome individuals that we'll get into in a minute. But uh, that's why I do the Wednesday wake up. I do Monday gear reviews. I do Saturday sit downs with the interviews that I've been able to have so I can share them with you guys. And just from different facets of life, people that have incorporated those four pillars into their lives and are constantly, constantly successful. So that's what I want for you. Before we delve into this amazing conversation that I have with the Gale Force Twins, great anglers, I don't know enough about fishing to have the right terminology, but they're down in Florida. Uh, they do some amazing things. They're just twins that grew up together, love being on the water, love being outdoors, love fitness, uh, just great individuals. They're young, they're passionate, and they're getting after it. So I want to share that with you guys. But before we do that, I want to give some shout outs to partners and uh, associates, affiliates, whatever word you want to use, but I look at them as partners of the show uh, because for me, these companies just provide amazing products for you guys. I want you to be able to use them in your day-to-day -day lives or when you're looking for good gear for the backcountry, when you're going backpacking, if you're getting into hunting, whatever, hiking, or just on a camping trip. So first and foremost, I want to bring up, of course, Affect Beard Oil. Affect Beard is an awesome company. It's done here in Utah, so local company, great guy, he's up and coming, um, but he makes an awesome product, no matter if you've got a long beard, short beard, uh, itchy beard, scraggly beard, straight beard, whatever kind of beard you've got, you need some beard oil to keep that skin moisturized up underneath, but also to keep some weight on that beard, to keep it shaped up the way that you want. I recommend if you have a longer beard to get beard oil and beard butter, uh, but if you just have a shorter beard, beard oil will do the trick uh, to keep things awesome and not itchy so go check out affect beard and affect beard oil the links down below will get you a discount and uh, just so you don't have to memorize everything i leave the links down below in the show description 10 percent of your purchase goes to charity and you get 10 percent off by using the code so go check out affect beard oil uh, outside of affect beard oil we've got alpenfuel.com alpenfuel he makes the best backcountry granola that you could think of uh Amazing taste, great flavor, uh, great nutrition more than anything, so your gut's not torn up in the backcountry. Also, in alpenfuel.com, uh, they sell Heather's Choice and Peak Refuel, which are my top two choices for meals outside of granola, um, and just something that you need to check out, guys. You need to add that to your backpack. Don't go to Walmart and grab the quick stuff. Get good nutrition for the backcountry. Take care of your gut so you can stay out there longer. Go check out alpenfuel.com. Another company that I work with, Absolute Aid. Great CBD chewables. I prefer personally the Relief Formula, which is great on those days after a hard day of training when you're sore. Takes the edge off so you're not either reaching for the ibuprofen or just embracing the suck of uh, having to deal with soreness. So go check out AbsoluteAid.com and their thing of Seek to Do More. Just a great company. It's clean, no THC. Uh, won't pop you on any drug tests. I've had some people ask me questions about that. Um, you are good to go as far as that is concerned. So go check out CBD oil chewables and also the rub on the topical stuff over at absoluteaid.com. Another honorable mention, I don't have a discount code for you guys, but Kafaru makes the best backpacks on the market. Um, I'm going to be rocking the Hellbender and the Hoodlum. My day-to-day go-to is the Shape Charge. Um, and there's a couple other great EDC backpacks. If you're looking for an EDC pack for your laptop, uh, carrying some other gear throughout the day. Uh, but as far as backpacking, the duplex light frame gets you an amazing belt that goes with it. And then, of course, uh, my go-to is the Hellbender and the Hoodlum. Great packs made here in the USA. Go support the company. And, you know, it's one of those buy once, cry once. 
but you won't regret it. Regret it. it carries weight unlike any other pack that I've ever had before. And of course, blackovis.com. Use the link down below so that uh, you can go and save. They have some amazing products there as well. Blackovis.com. Uh, they are here in Utah. They just have a conglomerate of just tons of good equipment. Glass, uh, arrow stuff, bow stuff. They've got boots. They've got pants. They've got jackets. They've got puffies. They've got all the things that you could think of that you would need in the backcountry. Go check out blackovis.com. Link down below. Save some money. All right. Well, without further ado, guys, uh, you're looking forward to this conversation. Hope you enjoy it. It was an awesome one. I learned a lot about fishing. Didn't stick well, <laughs> but when I go back out to the coast, I'll be reaching out to these twins to get some pointers so that I can be a better angler. So without further ado, here are the Gale Force twins, Emily and Amanda. All right, everyone, welcome back. And I've got an amazing, well, two amazing guests. Usually I just have one. So uh, we've got the Gale Force twins here, and we've got Amanda and Emily. And uh, you guys want to introduce yourselves, who you are, what do you do, what are you all about? Yeah, thanks for having us. We are identical twins, so your listeners might have a hard time hearing the differences in our voices. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> but our forefront of our business is we create educational fishing and boat handling content, teaching our viewers how to drive their boats, catch snappers, um, under the Gale Force Twins brand on all sorts of social media platforms, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. That's awesome. Cool. So basically just for people like me that don't know how to do anything with boats, you guys are, that's what you guys yeah. do. Okay. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. I, a lot of what we do is simp. We do some very simple stuff and we have some advanced stuff as well. That's pretty cool. And how long have you guys been doing this? We've had our business for about five years, but I would say the last two years has been full time in creating the educational content. Awesome. What about how long have you been on boats, I guess, would be a better That's question. That's a good question. Growing up, we had our family got a little deck boat, not a fishing boat, even though a lot of people think we grew up fishing because a lot of our content is fishing. Um, I believe we were maybe we were only like 10, 10 years, years old. old. Uh, yeah, we didn't come from a fishing family at all. We more so came from a boating, sandbar, outdoor recreational family. Yeah, family. And so the fishing side, we got on our own. So we did grow up boating and on the water but we did not grow up fishing okay that's awesome so explain a little bit i guess what's a deck boat i mean this is my ignorance oh, yeah, here, but what, what is that so a deck boat is like when you picture maybe when someone's driving from the right side of the boat it has seating in the in the bow people can wakeboard off the back a lot of times they're inboards um you can like a lot of them will have like carpeting on them like it's mm. kind of the kind of boat you would see when a family goes cruising it's like a cruising boat or like they're common like in the Midwest, on like lakes. on the lakes. Gotcha. They're not really offshore. Well, they're definitely not offshore boats, but they're right. much more common, I would say, like on lakes and stuff. Cool. So like wakeboarding boats. And yeah. yeah, it's really okay. similar to a wakeboarding boat. Cool. Awesome. That's pretty sweet. So you've always been on boats just about as long as you can remember. Um, when did you start fishing? We started fishing around the same time that our family got the deck boat, but like I said, we didn't come from a fishing family, so we would go on vacations to the Florida Keys, and we would see other kids fishing off the docks. We were like, I really want to try that. So our parents were super supportive of it, and they would take us to the local Bass Pro Shops and help us figure out what we needed to catch fish. And right. our dad would sit there with us trying to tie whatever knots he could. Yeah. <laughs> and the fishing, though, I would say from age 10 until college was very... Recreational. Here and there. Nothing crazy. A couple times crazy. a year, maybe we book a fishing trip. Maybe once or twice a year. That was it. It wasn't... We weren't gaining all this knowledge. We really learned how to start fishing in college when we started working on fishing boats. Nice. That's awesome. That sounds like... That sounds... I'm kind of familiar with that. You know, just the basic growing up and not doing a ton skiing off the back of the boat and hanging out with the family and um not really knowing how to tie yeah. knots you know uh that's pretty cool and then so you guys are based out of florida yes right and then um and where did gale force come from why gale force i mean i i know gale force winds stuff like that but you yeah know, definitely so our last name is gale and it's spelled like the gale force wind g-a-l-e a lot of people think that it's spelled g-a-i-l but nope it's like the gale force wind and it actually started in sports so we did track and field, all of middle school, high school, through college. And we had one of our, our coaches, we're at a track meet, and he were walking across the field, and he just yells, hey, it's the Gale Force Twins. And we didn't really think much of it. We thought it was funny and fun, and it kind of became a nickname. And it stuck with us. And when we decided to start our business, we didn't even think about what we were going to name it. We already knew. 
That's awesome. That's pretty funny how things like that yeah. happen. Yeah, right? it, it is. That's awesome. And then, uh, so I, I want to ask a little bit about that too. So what were your favorite events in sporting, your sporting events? I mean, track and field and what else? Well, we, in high school, we were pole vaulters mm-hmm. and hurdlers. Everything under 400 meters. So four by one, four by four. 300 hurdles, 100 hurdles, and pole vaulting. Right. And then we went on to college with pole vaulting scholarships. So pole vaulting was definitely our favorite. We actually traveled three hours almost every single weekend in high school to train with one of the best pole vaulting coaches in the country or the best pole vaulting coach in the country. In our opinion, opinion. for sure. (laughs) So it was, we were very dedicated to it. That's awesome. So what about pole vaulting did you enjoy so much? I mean, that seems, it's kind of risky in my, you no, know, it seems like. That's it, really true. So it's kind of a fun story how we got started. We did grow up in gymnastics and a lot of uh, pole vaulters were gymnasts, but we were in high school as our freshman year because it's pretty rare to start pole vaulting earlier than freshman year of high school. Some private schools might have it, but we, we did, since we grew up in gymnastics, it was natural for us to do high school cheerleading and we were freshmen and there was a cheerleader on the team and she was a sophomore and she did track and pole vaulted and we always ran and our dad was a runner our dad runs half marathons so we were like well we should definitely do track in in high school and maybe we should try pole vaulting and we tell her like oh that's so cool you pole vault i want to try it and she's like to be honest it's really hard you probably can't do it and that was pretty much it for us. That, we yeah, like, that was the moment. <laughs> it was like, said, okay, now I'm definitely trying this. Alrighty, we're definitely going to try it. So we gave it a go. And nobody is ever good at pole vaulting the first time they start. No. Like, it is not. I was horrendous. Like, yeah. you would never know that I was going to get a college scholarship. Well, it seems pretty intense. I mean, you're running with this long stick, yeah. right? And you have to have a certain stride. You're yeah. very particular about that. And if you hit the stick too short or too mm-hmm. far, like, it's very, it seems happen. very technical. Yeah. yeah. It's we like to compare it literally almost to golf. It is mm. to the inch. It is technical. <laughs> it is to the inch, to the half inch. We actually um, have, when we vaulted, we had notebooks mm. and you would write down your jumps, your numbers. And basically like there was a measuring tape on the side of the runway and it was at, to the inch. So you would write down where, what inch you were running from. You would write down exactly where on your pole you were holding and that was to the inch as well Um, and then you had your standards which is basically how close how close or far the bar is the the crossbar is right so that's um horizontally which way it's moving not vertically vertically it's automatically going to track me but horizontally you can choose where you want the bar horizontally that you're jumping over Hmm. so that comes down to what where you want it it's insane basically there's it's it's a super technical sport and most high schools don't have necessarily uh, pole vault coaches, I would say. So you have to go to club teams, and that's what we did. We dedicated our time to training with a club team and driving three hours away from our house every weekend to train with a club coach. Wow. And like I said, I was horrendous when I started. Like, I jumped off two feet, which is really bad. You're supposed to jump off one. <laughs> and I jumped eight six, eight feet six inches off two feet as a freshman. And my high school coach for the high school, who – he didn't have a lot of experience pole vaulting, but he was obviously experienced enough to coach, you know, beginner high schoolers. He literally told me it probably wasn't for me and I should look into something else. And I remember <laughs> holding back tears, being like, oh, this is not going to stop me. And then we find our club coach and the club coach, he looks at me and he says, the fact that you jumped eight feet, six inches off of two feet, I can only imagine what I can do with you when you actually do it the right way. So he really knew how to look at me and be like, no, don't, don't yeah, take that. That's crazy. So, so, uh, and this Emily. Yes, speaking. this is Emily. Yeah, so, <laughs> that's, that's Emily's <laughs> pole story. Yeah, so that's pretty cool. Um, you know, I, I'm a firm believer in that as well. Like, there's a certain amount of maybe talent that one needs, but at the same time, you need to have someone that can mold you mm-hmm. into, you know, especially that young age, yeah. right? There's a lot you can learn. And um, that, that's kind of a testament to that, that it kind of sucks that your coach was saying that one right. thing, but then you have a, another coach saying a different thing. So it's kind of like getting an opinion from two different doctors. Yeah, right? Exactly. On the same thing. And so that, that's pretty cool. And uh, I love the fact that you're both like, oh, that you said I can't do it. Okay, I'm going to go do it. Yeah. And, and uh, I'm, I'm a competitive person personally, so I, I really like that. Um, and then what about what about you? Did I you mean, have the same? <laughs> for me, I was actually more of the slow and, slow steady. and steady jumpers. Mm. So I started off, we, our freshman year, we both jumped 8'6". Okay. 
Um, Amanda just did it a more normal way. I was gonna say, that's what's, what's good a good? That sounds that's good. For to me, that's for a freshman. That's a really good starting place. And we both jumped the same height, but I just kind of naturally, I would say, had the form a little bit better our freshman mm-hmm. year. And then what happened was I went from freshman year eight six, and then sophomore year nine six, junior year ten six, senior you year twelve six. Yeah, that's true. Or something like that. But I was just very like every year I improved a foot. I was super consistent across the board. Um, not that Emily wasn't consistent. I think you just you basically I were had jumping exponential off of growth. Basically, she, yeah. my mm-hmm. freshman year I jumped eight six, and my sophomore year I jumped twelve. Wow! So I improved three and a half feet in one yeah. year, and then I maintained those upper twelve heights through senior year. Um, I ended up jumping twelve nine was my high school PR, wow. and Amanda's high school PR was, was twelve, 12 six. six, and then in college we were both at thirteen. So I guess that's a good that's way crazy. to like uh, maybe. If you ask, like, oh, how high is that? Is that good? Um, our senior, our junior year of high school track, we were both getting approached for college scholarships at that time, jumping between 10, 6, and 12. But yeah. I think the and scholarships really came around 12 feet. Yeah. Okay. So, so if you can jump 12 feet high, you can get a college scholarship as a female pole vaulter. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, see, I don't know anything about pole vaulting. I've got buddies that ran track and, you know, did wrestling. And I, I generally hung out with kind of that crew, the wrestling and um, uh, football crew. But that's that's cool. I. I mean, I, I knew it was technical, but it's not really something I've ever really followed. So that's that's pretty cool. Um, and then you went on scholarship. You continued pole vaulting through through college. Um, it, somewhere in there, did you get into fishing at all? Yeah, definitely. So being in college, we were getting pre-med degrees. So our degrees were microbiology and immunology. We ended wow. up with two minors. So we had a really rigorous. You don't like technical things at all. Yeah, I know. I know. Yeah, I know. Minor in chemistry, minor in psychology. So very rigorous schedule, plus being student athletes. And uh, in the summers, sometimes we would take summer summer classes um, or internships. But then it was between our junior and senior year, we were getting burnt out from Mm. the academic and just the schedule. So (laughs) it was pretty. It was a lot. So we were like, we were just like sissy. We call each other sissy. We really need to take a break this summer. So that was where we got a job on a sport fish in Key West. So we lived our we lived for a summer in the Florida Keys working mm-hmm. on a sport fish. And I just had no idea that there that I could even get a, have a career outside of academia just being in the world. Yeah, we I think in. it really not that I wasn't aware that you could have a job on a boat, but it opened our eyes to how much opportunity there was in careers outside of getting a degree, getting a degree and going to college. And I mean, I remember my last semester of college, we had already making money working on the fishing boat. And I was like, I don't really understand why I need to graduate. (laughs) Obviously I I understood I need to graduate, but it definitely opened my eyes to so many other opportunities that by the time we graduated, we both kind of realized that medical school probably wasn't the Mm. route we wanted to go. And we wanted to explore other options. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I, I, feel that the the need so it's kind of weird because I imagine you grew up in a family where it was kind of not expected but like that's what was talked about mm-hmm. is the next step was college and it probably helped a lot that you guys yeah. got scholarships right but um it's funny that you kind of had that eye-opening experience where you're like hold on wait a second yeah I can mm-hmm. I can take a break from this and still make money you know I don't have to be a doctor to, yeah. to be successful and uh that I think that's pretty awesome so you had the terrible summer of working in the Keys, yeah. and then <laughs> I've never been down there. I've heard oh, amazing things. Oh, you definitely got to go. And uh, but that that sounds awesome. And then you went back. You finished your degrees. Mm-hmm. Did you continue the fishing in the summers after yeah. that? Yeah. So our last semester, because we're student athletes, we took four and a half years to graduate. So we had classes. So our last semester was really light. We mm. only had classes Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. So we, we had four would, day weekends. We every would weekend. drive down nice. Thursday night, fish Friday, Saturday, Sunday, drive back up or even Monday sometimes, drive back up Monday night and then have class Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Yeah. So pretty much from that summer through graduating college, we were working as much as we could on the sport yeah. fish. And then when we graduated, that's when we decided, originally the plan was just to take one year, get a job, and kind of explore other options before deciding if grad school, medical school was really for us. And that year ended up turning into the next five years. Where we and here we are. So... <laughs> It's really crazy how things can work out, and we had no, I had no idea we would end up here. I want to say we almost fell into this, but I would, maybe after the first two years working in the industry after college was when we realized that, okay, this is really where I want to be. Right. Yeah, and that's that's pretty cool. So um, 
I mean, this is a little bit more in depth than we had. We talked earlier about how most twins and siblings, they get along, uh, but they take different paths. And sometimes I've noticed, too, that twins will do that on purpose to distinguish themselves mm -hmm. from each other. Sounds like you guys didn't go that route. You guys kind of stuck. I would definitely say that if we stayed in the more traditional career paths, we probably would have done that. We probably would have tried to get different jobs at different companies. Like different specialties yeah. in med school. Um, okay. We did have different interests within our field, within mm. our studies. Slightly different. Well, and I'll add, though, the first time that we had classes together was actually college. Right. So we grew up. Our parents were really great at, I would say, raising twins. We had our own rooms. If we both liked the same thing, they would buy two, just mm. so we didn't feel like we had one We basically identity. didn't have to share everything as... Right. We, we were in different classes in all grade school, all the way through high school. I never even saw her at, at lunch. It was like we saw each other in the morning and then mm. at, at, track, at practice. track practice. Right. So the first time we shared a room and had the same schedule was college. Okay. <laughs> so you didn't have to deal with all that sibling rivalry stuff. I mean, we definitely, we definitely had it, but we, we, I think we are healthy competitive, and I think it really drove us to work hard. And people always ask us, oh, being twins, you know, would one of you do all the math tests and one of you do all the science tests? Right. But we, we both cared so much about school and our grades that I we was both like, felt like we could do better than the other one. Mm. It was like, well, you, uh, you can't. I don't want you to take my math test. You I'm take your do own. Than you. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. That's so cool. Um, that that's a really cool experience. So then you you so you got out of college. You finished your degrees. You graduated from University, University of Miami. Miami. Yes. Okay. Cool. And then uh, after that, you I mean you went on to work in what was the what was the business I guess or yeah. So our first job we worked for it was seasonal. It was perfect. It's because we graduated. We took one extra semester. We graduated in December. So the next job was that spring Jan that January through the kind of summer and spring. Um, we worked for a series of fishing tournaments, and we helped run these tournaments over in the Bahamas and the Abacos. Um, the main, the tournament director also had a yacht insurance company local to South Florida, so we worked in the office there and then helped fly over. And that was kind of like our, quotes, normal job that we were trying to get between graduating college. Obviously, it was not a normal job. That is job. true. Yeah, I think that was actually the first we were going to an office during the week, and then we would spend a week in the Bahamas. And that was as close to normal as it got. Yeah. Uh, and then after that job, since it was seasonal, it did end. And we, I think it was days after, we got a... a yeah, there a were literally days that went by, and we were like, what do we do? And, and we got a phone. We literally got people a where 48 hours go by, and I don't know what I'm doing the next Monday, and we were stressing out about right. it. Right, so we actually got an offer. It just came to us. We did, it came across our plate to work on a fishing boat in the Florida Keys. And we said, because there was a company that was hiring and they were looking for captains. And we said, absolutely, let's go. So, so we that, literally just, we just I didn't even back. think twice. Like the next week, I think we moved down there full time. Right, so that was when we lived in the Keys for a full year. Um, absolutely loved it. We worked on other boats. We worked between Marathon and Key West. We worked on the head boat in Key West, the drift boats, the sport fish boats, the center consoles. We did a lot of different mating jobs and then after that we that was actually when we decided we wanted to open our own charter fishing business just the two of us and i think a lot of that was because we had learned a lot from working on all these different boats we had really started to understand the fishery of the florida keys and we just want to be able to run our own business how we wanted to run our business and being in the at the time being in the charter space there are certain boats that definitely um, promote the experience and then there's boats that we call them they're meat fishermen so they just want to fill the cooler and they want to freeze as much fish home as they can for the winter basically and we worked on both different types of boats and kind of realized that we really obviously you want to catch a lot of fish but we wanted to slow down we wanted to take kids out teach them how to catch fish and I think that came super natural to us so our charter business was dedicated to teaching kids and families how to fish it was very educational very hands-on it wasn't um, a term that we use in the industry is called hook and hand, which basically means the captain or mate does all the work, hooks the fish, hands you the rod, and you reel it in. Mm. Um, we didn't want a hook and hand because having done charters in the past, I never cared for hook and hand. You sit there, you wait, you get bored. Yeah. You're not doing anything. And then they hand you a rod. I didn't know yeah. that was a thing. Yeah. yeah. So. Seems... Yeah. Anyway. yeah. So <laughs> we never cared for that, and that's when we decided we wanted to do our own business and get rid of hook and hand. That was not our thing at all. And yeah, that meant we obviously caught less fish because it was really, really up to the angler to learn and catch their own fish. But 
I think we definitely attracted that kind of person as well. That's awesome. Yeah, because yeah, for me that I didn't even know that was a thing. Like that blows my mind that yeah. you would pay to be on a boat and then not want to fish. Like that just doesn't seem. I don't know. That seems weird to me. I, there's some uh, people out there. I've talked to a lot of outfitters in the hunting industry that they say that there's people like that. Mm-hmm. That they're like, "Well, I paid you. Shouldn't you know where all the elk are? Like, <laughs> like you basically right. you set them up with the rifle, elk in the scope, and you say pull the trigger." And I'm like, "That just it just it just blows yeah. my mind. Like it ruins the experience." Anyway, so um, that's cool that you guys did it. You basically in layman's terms said well we like the industry it's cool but we can do it better yeah (laughs) that's literally what happened that's a great way to put it and then from there so we um at this point though once once COVID happened is when we had a switch in our business and now we full-time create content so we're still following that education side but we're teaching people online Mm -hmm. instead because we couldn't do it in person for a little while so we started to content creation full-time and now it is our full-time job So, and then, you know, it's going to be kind of a sarcastic question here, but you're telling me that COVID hit and you didn't just sit back and complain about how much it sucked. <laughs> you pivoted yes. and made your business even better. Yeah. That's a great way that, to put like, it. That's, it's crazy concept. It's yeah. like, what? <laughs> I think what yeah. happened, we lost all of our, tra- the whole charter industry shut down and mm. we just decided that we're still going to work full time yeah even if we're not getting paid because we're working for ourselves and we still went out every day we went on the water almost every day but we filmed everything and yeah. we had friends and peers that created content and made a living on social media hmm. so thankfully i'm grateful that we had those people that could kind of give us some insight and say like it's possible it's it's a real thing you yeah. can do it you know obviously it takes strategy and commitment it's not just you don't just get lucky but so we decided to do that for pretty much all of that initial like three mm. months shutdown that we had in Florida. And by the time the world was opening back up, we had so much exponential growth and we personally loved it. Um, to be honest, we probably loved it more, even though I do enjoy, I did enjoy taking people out. And it was kind of like a, a blessing in disguise, you could say. We did not see it coming that way, but it was really great. Yeah, no, I agree. It's interesting because I find a lot of successful people that I've talked with and you you two are really young we talked about this earlier you're the youngest ones here um you know you've got me beat by two years but uh but basically you guys and again a lot of successful people I've spoken with took the challenge and I know a lot of people have suffered from COVID and that's really sucks and I think we all acknowledge that but um it was kind of a challenge for you guys that you looked at instead of sitting back and just complaining about it you made it better and I think that a lot of people that have the drive, like what you guys have, um, have done the same thing and, and used it as, as almost a springboard to get better and to expand. Because you probably wouldn't have thought about content creation until years down the road when maybe something else happened. Yeah, right. definitely. I think that we also said at the time, because we had no idea if it was going to work out for us, but we said, well, if for some reason this doesn't work, at least we're creating good marketing for our business. And when the world opens back up, we'll go back to running our charters and we've got this slew of videos that we can help to promote our business. And that was kind of like, that was, I guess, our backup plan. Like our fail safe. Our fail safe that, you know, we would get back into it. But within the first three months, we definitely saw enough progress to want to continue. And it wasn't so much that like within the first three months, it wasn't like we could just quit our jobs mm-hmm. and it didn't take, it took way longer than three months before we could do it full time financially, you could say, right. but we did try to balance charter fishing and content creation full time when the world did start to open up and they really were both full time commitments. So that's when we said, okay, we're just gonna take this leap of faith and we are gonna do content creation full time and we're, we're just gonna know it's gonna work out, we'll be okay. So there was definitely like a, maybe a six month period there where every month was, did the YouTube video do good enough? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know? Um, but it definitely has grown and now here we are. That's pretty awesome, that's cool to hear. So um, I wanna ask a little bit more about, uh, you know, the whole YouTube content creation. So. Actually, first, I want to ask you, what would you say your mission or your goal is as the Gale Force Twins? We actually, I would say our goal is to educate, explain, and entertain in every one of our videos. And whether it's in all of our videos, there's some way, shape, or form, you're going to learn something, you're going to enjoy watching it, and you're going to understand why. Mm -hmm. And that was something that really came naturally to us because 
I don't think we even realized we were doing it when we first started. Right. And it was something yeah. that when, having worked on fishing boats, if someone told me, oh, when you catch a mahi, you have to use a ballyhoo. I would always be like, well, why do I have to use a ballyhoo? And understanding why really helps you know what to do in the next scenario when maybe the ballyhoo's not working. So, okay, but I know why we need to do this. So let's try to do it this way instead. So I think, I think for us, a big part of our personalities is always wanting to know why you do something, not just to do it. And that's helped us learn and in new situations be able to take what we've learned and apply it to a completely new scenario, just like how we've actually been freshwater fishing on these ponds out here in Texas. And I have a, we call it our, our rooster tail, our, our lure, that we use for peacock bass in South Florida. And I mean, Amanda's slaying it right nothing now. Nothing else was, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, I'm, and, you know, I'm like using it out here because when you look around, not, not a lot of the fish are big. So there's a ton of bluegills. They're like four inches, five inches. Yeah. Not even. They're super tiny. So I was like, well, the rooster tail's small, but it does catch big fish, so it's perfect for this lake. So it's just kind of a good... When you understand why, you can apply it. Yeah, that's basically the message. Yeah, no, <laughs> I like it. I like it. Um, so that that's really cool. I, I, You know, that content creation can spread your message a lot more than just, uh, which I say just, but, you know, doing the charter boats. Mm-hmm. Um, you were teaching people, and that was a great concept, but, you know, the Internet's so big, and it reaches internationally, and the concept, like what you were just talking about with your rooster tail, might apply over in another lake in a different country. You know, um, I don't know enough about fish to know if that <laughs> translates. But, you know, it, it's cool that, that you, again, that you took this challenge. It seems like you've taken challenges throughout your lives and made them better. You've always, you've challenged each other. You've taken challenges from coaches. Uh, you've taken challenges from COVID. Like, you guys have just taken it and, and twisted it into something better. Um so we, we started a conversation at lunch that I said, hold off until the podcast because you said no yes. one's asked you this question. But um, I, I want to pose the question to both of you. and I want to hear both of your answers. But uh, first off, would you prefer freshwater or saltwater fishing? I'm definitely preferring saltwater at the moment. I would say saltwater as well. Cool. Yeah. Just, and why, why would that be? Well, as of right now, m- the, most of our knowledge is saltwater. It's reef rack offshore. So we're fishing the Atlantic Ocean, we're fishing for snappers, groupers, and then we're going offshore, mahi, sailfish, tuna, kingfish, wahoo. That's like the species we're targeting. Mm. And we are starting to learn the inshore fishery of Florida, which is a whole, it's crazy how much you can know about one fishery in Florida and then go to do another one and have to learn it all. So we're starting to learn the inshore. And because we now have, we got an 18 foot Hughes a couple months ago. And we're also taking which that boat. Which is a boat. flats boat. Inshore it's, flats yeah, An boat. inshore flats boat, thank you. And we're not taking that boat inshore fishing and also freshwater fishing because we have a ton of lake systems in Florida. We have a lot of mm-hmm. non-native species and exotic fish you can catch as well. So we're learning all of the different fisheries at the time. But as of right now, saltwater is still my it's bread, like and butter. bread and butter. It's what we love. It's what I know. It's what I understand. And it's what I feel like I can really apply my knowledge and succeed with. The inshore stuff and the freshwater, we are figuring it out. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Cool. And would that be the same for you as far as saltwater? Yeah, I would definitely say saltwater feels kind of like home, you know, like the inshore or I mean, inshore is saltwater, but the freshwater um, is it's new and it's exciting. But then, you know, when you get in saltwater, it's like, okay, I know what I'm doing. This is my thing. Yeah, that's cool. So and do you like the kind of the size of the fish, the fight? Like what's the, you know, other than and you said it feels like home, but what yeah. I'm kind of break it I mean, down a I little bit more. I think one thing that's really amazing about, I mean, I know people do keep freshwater fish for eating, mm-hmm. but I do think that this, what's really cool about saltwater fishing is the variety of fish you can catch and mm-hmm. then also like take home and cook. And the, on top of it, the different flavors of fish you can mm-hmm. eat in the saltwater fishery is insane. Okay. I don't know if that's because we've been doing it for so long that we can really taste the difference, but I have a favorite species that I like to eat. You know, right. I love deep water snappers 10 times more than a yellowtail snapper and um I prefer wahoo over mahi. And so I think that's kind of like something that's been a really cool thing to learn and as the more you do it, the more you learn how you like to cook one fish over okay. another. So I can see that. Yeah, yeah. That, that's that. I mean, you'd put those two fish in front of me and I'd be like, OK, it tastes like fish yeah, <laughs> like, <laughs> or white fish or, you yeah. know, whatever. But uh, that, that's cool. Um, so with saltwater, what would probably be your favorite fish to go for? 
Um, I personally, so this is Emily speaking, I really like catching permit and okay. specifically on when they're in the springtime, they'll school on the wrecks so that you can catch permit in short on flats. What's the wrecks? The wrecks. Okay. So we have, um, basically like sunken ships, okay. like anything, like, like a, a wreckage. Wreck. Yeah. Yes, okay. Like, that okay. makes sense. So it could be, um, but it could be an artificial, it could be artificial. It could be something that actually sunk one time. Like we have a big barge down by us called the Willie B. And I think it's like a, th it's a, I don't know, 300 foot barge mm -hmm. that went down. You, I don't, I think it went down in a hurricane. Yeah, I'm not really sure what the story is, but you know, so you go on these wrecks and you can catch these permits out there and it's only a certain time of year and you have to be in the right place at the right time. And I imagine you can't see down into the wreck. No, right. So you have to know where they are. Yes, you have okay. to, some of them are public spots, numbers that you can, you know, if you have any standard GPS system on your boat, you can find them. And then some of them we have just from working in the industry and finding them ourselves even. Um, we'll go out there and, you know, if we're trolling, you'll put your bottle machine on. And if you troll over something that is like a nice big lump on the bottom, you yeah. hit mark. Okay. And then you'll go try and fish it. Cool. That's awesome. And then. I would say favorite. my favorite fish to target saltwater is sailfish. I don't. I feel like my favorite part about it, I think, is just that. It never gets old for sailfish. They jump, they leap, they fly out of the water. You bring them boat side, and you catch and release. They're catch and release fish, um, and it's just been something that I've really just liked a lot. That's awesome. Cool. Do, do they jump as high as you? Okay. No. <laughs> That's, That's awesome. a good question. All right. Probably not. Uh, probably not. Right. Okay. So what about freshwater fish? And I think this is the question that I posed right. to you, the right? So what's was your, your favorite freshwater fish? Oh, like to wow. catch. So that's what I said. I feel like I, okay. I feel like I haven't had a crazy, um, well, okay. This is really interesting. Does fishing on a river for salmon count as yeah. freshwater? Yeah, we'll count that. Oh, so well. we're going to say, so we did that, um, in the Pacific Northwest two years ago and it was the most amazing mm. experience that I have feel like I have had. Okay. If we're counting salmon as a freshwater <laughs> catch, for some reason in my head, it was a saltwater catch because they were they swimming from up the river from yeah. the ocean. Right. So if that counts as a freshwater catch, that is 100% my favorite <laughs> freshwater catch. Um, originally my original answer was actually going to be, I think clown knife fish. I don't even know what that is. Yeah. <laughs> what is that? So clown night fish are an exotic fish that we have down in some of our lake systems in South okay. Florida. And they kind of look like eels. They're like a whitish eel. And when... But it's a fish. It's a fish. Yeah, it's 100% a fish. And they have really small mouths, so they're hard to catch. Mm -hmm. They sometimes swim backwards. I mean... What? I wish, your, I wish your <laughs> listeners could... Like, you guys got to Google this if you've never heard of it, because it's a really weird looking fish. We have a YouTube video where we caught one. Yeah. Okay. Um, it's called like catching exotic fish in Florida. If or you just go on YouTube and type in clown knife fish, Gale Forest winds, I'm sure it'll show up. You can cool. see one. Yeah. That's awesome. That's cool. I'll have to do that. Yeah. Um, when you say swimming backwards, I, so the only fish I've seen do that is a gar. Uh -huh. I don't know if you've ever. Yep. Yeah. You've, okay. You fish for gar. Those are fun to catch too. Um, we they're kind haven't, of annoying. Yeah. Sorry. We don't have a lot of uh, experience catching gar. We but we do okay. see them from time to small yeah. ones from time to time in our lake systems. I was going to say, yeah, so we went out, and I don't know what you can do with this in Florida, but um, there's a private lake, <clears throat> excuse me, that our our family goes to in North Carolina, and uh, I took a bright flashlight out and just hung some little fish bits off the side of the pier, and they come up, and it's crazy because they're like almost like a helicopter where they like move their little tiny fins and yeah. they just hover there <clears throat> and then they turn sideways and like snatch the stuff up. But anyway, it's the kids loved it. It was a lot of fun. Um, so that's cool. I'll have to look that up. A clown knife fish. Mm -hmm. And then was it you that was in the picture with the, the king salmon? Oh, I showed him your oh, king salmon. Was yeah. Massive. Yeah, that was it was my first time ever catching salmon and the guides that we were with said that people fish a lifetime and never catch that fish. No, so that was, we had one of that specific trip to the Pacific Northwest catching salmon was one of my favorite trips I've ever done. We've had one of, on top of it, we had one of the best fishing days the guide has ever seen. Yeah. I think like in his lifetime. So, I mean, it was, it, there, it was a, an impossible day to beat it's gonna be so hard to beat that day we both you caught emily caught like a 30 35 pound king Holy salmon cow. i caught probably like a 25 pounder and then the next one was like a 24 pounder and then a 20 i mean it was insane they wow. were just like i think jumping we almost i think we got to double digit 
Yeah. Are you fish whisperers too? Is this like apparently <laughs> because in this little tournament, yeah, um, I caught I caught thirteen fish in two hours. Yeah, I got skunked. You're over there like pulling them out of the water, <laughs> and then you throw your lure back <laughs> and you pull one out, and I'm like, all right, <laughs> that's funny. That's awesome. Um, so I I really like again. There's there's a theme in in your your lives that you just take these challenges on, and uh, and and that's really awesome. But so why why do you want to share this passion? Like, why don't you just like hoard it to yourselves and, and, you know, just enjoy it like you do. Why do you feel the need to share with other people? Um, I I would say that a big part of it is because like we said, we didn't come from a fishing family. And when we were trying to learn, it was so intimidating and so challenging. Mm -hmm. And even when you walk into a tackle shop and someone offers to help you, we have had some experiences where, you know, you feel like really silly if you say the wrong thing. Right. Um, or they'll ask you a question and they'll say, hey, if you tell them, oh, I want to go catch yellowtail snapper. And they're like, okay, do you want three quarter ounce or half ounce jigs? And like at the time, I probably didn't even know what a jig was. Yeah. So these people at tackle shops, they don't always, they, I, I think, think they, they forget that, how yeah. much they've learned Le- over the years or how much they were raised into mm-hmm. it. And I, I would say that I think that's a big part for us is, Learning on your own when you don't grow up in it or you don't have someone to really teach you, it's intimidating and mm-hmm. it's hard to get information. Sometimes, a lot of times, fishermen don't want to share their information. Mm. Right. They want to make it a secret. They don't want to tell you anything. It's right. a big so our kind of motto for sharing our knowledge is that if you're going to take the time to watch this video, buy the gear, get out there, get up at the crack of dawn and go and catch this fish – you definitely deserve to land that fish. And the only thing we don't share is our actual fishing numbers, mm-hmm. but we have content and episodes on how to find a new fishing spot. Mm. So for us, it's like it takes a huge commitment just to get that far that the percentage of people, it's not like all of a sudden I'm going to go out on the ocean and there's going to be hundreds of people fishing my fishing spots. So yeah. that's kind of our, where, we, our, where we come from for that. That's awesome. That's really cool. Um, I, you know, I, I really do feel like you're you're correct in a lot of ways. You're you're basically wanting to cut the education curve down for people. Yeah. Because it does take a lot. You know, I I know nothing yeah. about fishing, <laughs> zero. Um, and so I, I think it's cool that you are wanting to share that with other people. And you honestly, like, you've got so many years ahead of you, both of you do. Um, and and you're able to gain that knowledge. You document things. Uh, you're going to want to share that with your future uh, posterity if that's something that you're looking at or family or wh- whoever, right? But you're keeping that for yourselves as well so you can go back and look at it, right? And uh, you can show off that you beat everyone else at the yeah. tournament here. <laughs> it's actually um, funny. I have, if I haven't done something in a long time, I have gone back and watched the video and been like, how did I do that? And I'll yeah. go b- watch my own videos. I watched my own videos if I couldn't remember something. Yeah. yeah. Kind of like when you're in school and you learn something for a test, then you have to take your final exam and you have to re-remember all your tests leading up to it. It's the same right. concept. If you don't do it all the time, you got to go back and look. So yeah, it's like taking notes. Our videos is like our mm-hmm. notes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's pretty cool. So uh, I did want to ask, too, so are you, I, I can't say only child or only children. Yes, <laughs> yes. We're, only, we're, we are. we're the only two. Okay, cool. Um, so, and you're pretty, you're pretty active with your family. Do you take them out fishing with you? Yeah, yeah. our parents, our, our mom loves to fish. Um, they always come with us. They don't go out on their own, but they yeah. have, we have been saying that we need to teach them so that way they can go out on their own if our we can't take them out. dad likes to fish when the fishing's good. Good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. How do you know if it's good or not? Do you have ways he to tell? He likes action. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I mean, maybe in, like, summer when the mahi are running, that's a good time of year to yeah. go. Gotcha. When it's nice and calm out, mm-hmm. you know, hey, let's go. But I think our we do a lot of, like, diving with our family. We'll do lobstering. Yeah, we'll do lobstering with them. Lo- oh, we definitely do that with our family because it's kind of a – that is really – it's not that fishing is not a team effort, but when it comes to diving, you don't want the t- the two of us can't leave the boat basically. Like yeah. you always, you always want need someone, someone on the boat. boat. Okay. So you know, if we go with our family, it's a team effort. Someone can stay on the boat. The other people can get in the water, and we kind of rotate who drives mm. the boat around. Ideally, if you're gonna go diving, you should have three people with you. Two in the water and one on the boat. Cool. At a That's minimum. Awesome. That's really cool. Uh, so, 
I think another key would be to buy your fishing rods. Is that it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like you just, I, I was, we were walking up from the lake and uh, I was like, oh, they've got their own fishing rods. So you guys have your own line of, is it clothing, uh, mm-hmm. tackle? Like what, yeah, what do you guys so do? So we have Gale Force gear is okay. our branded Gale Force gear. Mm-hmm. So we have performance gear, like fishing shirts, hats, face shields. And then we also have fishing rods. So our, I guess you could say it's like our baby is the fishing rods. Mm. Um, we those have been available for purchase for the past what Amanda maybe six months, maybe nine six to nine months. Have you given them a name yet? Gale Force. Is there rods. a name? Well, okay. Oh, no, I'm rods. saying it's like is each individual rod. Oh yeah, yes, we it. have okay. cool names for them. So we have our bass rod is called the bass thumb. Okay. That one was real original. <laughs> <laughs> so we have a 15 to 30 pound rod, which is called our do-it-all rod. And okay. this rod is great because it's a seven foot rod, so it's good for casting. It has um, a moderate action, mm-hmm. so it's great for mahi, tuna, cobia, tarpon, jacks, sharks. It's basically our do-it-all rod. It's definitely a light tackle um, boat rod for saltwater fishing. And I then mean, you say light tackle, but it can take on a shark. Oh yeah, no. <laughs> well, but it would be a light tackle shark. Yes, that's true. Light it's tackle not a shark, shark rod, rod, but it's it a can good handle rod. it. Yes, okay. it's got a good yes. backbone to it. Cool. And then we have our snapper rod mm. or our smaller fish rod for people that don't use it to catch snapper which is just a 10 to 20 pound lighter fast action rod and we call it the reef inshore slayer so people can take it to the reef to catch snappers they can use it inshore when they're fishing the channels cool and then we have one last rod which is the slow pitch jigging rod called the slow force okay um so slow pitch jigging is like a new fisher new type of fishery that's kind of coming to america from japan i believe okay and it's a type of bottom fishing where you jig these slow pitch jigs on the bottom in deep deep water that's awesome yeah, yeah I, I think you should name the next one the fish whisperer yeah <laughs> that's a good one, <laughs> a good one. Yeah. no but that's cool that, i like it i i don't know anything again i know nothing about fishing so uh, i usually just go grab an ugly stick from walmart yeah. you know? <laughs> but uh that sounds awesome but you guys have done your research and you you know you've you built the thing, these things, especially the rods out the way that you want them. Um, do you have a clothing line and, and things along those lines as well? Yeah, we have our Gale Force performance shirts. Mm. Um, I wouldn't say that we, our goal is definitely to grow the rod line. Mm-hmm. The, the rod line is on e-commerce and it's also sold in some local tackle shops to the, okay. Flo- to the Florida Keys. We actually are also in a shop in New Jersey. Mm-hmm. Um, our per- yeah, our performance shirts, they're online. They're not in stores. Our goal is to really get the rods in stores right now. Cool, sounds good. Um, and then I did want to ask you guys a little bit about, so outside of fishing and, uh, is it called captaining? Like what being captains? Uh, that's a good question. What's the, I don't know. <laughs> I would and just I'm say running questions. boats, <laughs> running boats. Outside of fishing and boating. Yeah. But boats. I see what you're saying. Outside yeah. of fishing and, and being career captains. Right. Outside, outside of that. Yeah. Career captains. So is there anything that you guys like to do for fun? Um, I mean, you obviously have fun yeah, doing your job. Right. But is there anything else that maybe take your mind off the content creation stuff that you enjoy doing? Um, well, actually, what's interesting is um, last night we went hunting, and I think that we both, being in the fishing space, the amount of comments from people that have said, oh, like, you need to, like, start hunting and start filming that. And I've only gone hunting twice, but I have very much enjoyed it. And I think that we've both decided that that side of our lives, we're actually going to keep to ourselves to ourselves so this way if we want to go do something outdoorsy Mm -hmm. um, i don't feel obligated to film it right Right. so that's definitely one thing we've actually been starting to really enjoy and then the other things we like to do i mean we're into fitness working out we just ran a half marathon in january training for another one (laughs) in september so we definitely are very active we have a hard time sitting Mm -hmm. down and doing nothing when we go on vacations we like to do we just recently were on a fun trip, just strictly a fun thing. We didn't even like bring cameras. We went to Sonoma and we went to the Redwood Forest and saw those trees. We brought our dog. So we like to explore and get outside. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah I would definitely say we're outside. I, th- I, didn't, I didn't even realize how much we're outside until you just asked that question, but I think all of our activities <laughs> yeah. are outside. Yeah. That's amazing. That's really cool. And that ties in definitely with, so the three things that I mainly talk about here is the faith and family wrapped into one. Um, I'm assuming you're in the South. You have some sort of faith Mm -hmm. uh, or belief system. And and if you want, we can get into that. Um, But that wraps up with family for me because they're both eternal concepts. Um, And then the fitness, Mm -hmm. 
You guys are obviously into that. Uh, and then the outdoors. And so uh, you guys and, you know, do all of those things and you're successful. And that's really key. Um, that's why I talk about it, because I found this common theme among people that either I kind of looked up to or that, you know, I appreciate their content or whatever. The people that are really successful and are consistently successful apply those three things to some degree. And getting outside doesn't have to be these awesome adventures that you guys go on. It's cool that you do, but even just simply getting outside to go for a walk, go for a run, um, things like that. But it sounds like you guys, I mean, you train for marathons or half marathons. Yeah, half marathons. You're We're like half. half. <laughs> marathon might push it. Okay, but so should I say you can't do one? So you'll go. No. <laughs> I know. I feel like at some point in my life, I'm going to want to go do I just right. feel like marathon is, I feel like that's starting to cross the line between what's actually healthy for your body. Okay. I agree. I feel you. And that's kind of where I'm like, we've already mm. crossed that line for me. Five K's healthy. No, yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. So, so, uh, you've enjoyed hunting so far. You guys are pretty good shots from what I've seen. <laughs> Thank you. Um, and, and so you might incorporate that into your lives a little bit more, just obviously not with content. Mm-hmm. Um, you'll take pictures and enjoy yeah. it for yourselves later. But uh, I, I think that's, that's also kind of key for, for content creation is finding your niche, right? And if you start spreading out too much, you might spread a little too thin, right? And so it's good to have stuff that you don't always share with everyone else. And it's funny that you, you're like kind of surprised that you sit back and think like all of the stuff is, is outdoors that you do. But um, it's good that that's, that's kind of how you've set your lives up. So uh, you enjoy running. You go to the gym. At all? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we have, we have a gym in our garage. We have a squat oh, rack. Of course you do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, right. It was, it's hard to, the closest gym to us was like, that we liked was like 20 minutes away. Okay. And Which when, is some people's not far, but I don't know. It was too yeah. far for us. We're just, We're really just so busy. I'm like, that's like a 40 minute that's 40 drive minutes that I'm day, adding. Yeah. So we don't have room for any cars in our garage. We have a squat rack, a bench. You have your priorities straight. Yes. Yes. So we definitely weight lift as well. Um, A lot of that comes from what we've learned from track and being athletes was weightlifting is really important. You know, you don't want to forget about that. So, yeah, we're very much into all of that. Cool. Well, let's delve into that a little bit. What's your favorite activity? Like you enjoy running. Mm -hmm. Um, Is that your favorite? Do you enjoy weightlifting more? Do you kind of mix? What's what I like? It's definitely it's a good question. I feel like I like different things about each. What I like about running is that you can stay, keep doing something competitive. So being college athletes, I remember when I first stopped, like I felt almost like, like where the adrenaline just stops because you're not competing every weekend. So what's really cool about running like 5Ks, 10Ks or half marathons is at any shape I'm in, I can choose to sign up for a half marathon and challenge myself with other people. Of course, in the weight room, you can do that too. However, that's more of an, an internal. You can basically find any race anywhere at any time and go sign up and go compete right yeah i would agree with that and that's probably why i like running a lot but i feel like i actually prefer weightlifting um i don't know why i just i just you like you like lifting weight you like i just i like feeling strong yeah Yeah. so that's why i prefer weightlifting i wish there was a more i guess you could competitive i I wish it was more competitive recreationally (laughs) for non-college athletes to go and you know, compete recreationally in the weightlifting side. I feel like that side of it's actually very intense right. if you wanted to compete. And I just kind of want to compete recreationally because we're just competitive and I like to test myself all the time. Right. That's cool. So something that just kind of popped into my head, I could see you two doing a training program yeah. <laughs> for saltwater, deep, deep saltwater fishing. You know, because you're, you're fighting the fish, yeah. right? So yeah. you got to have a little bit of cardio, yeah, a little bit of strength. Funny. We actually <laughs> get people like asking us, emailing us, or even just in person asking questions like, like, do you do workouts to catch the go. fish? And I'm like, I don't specifically do anything in order to catch fish. <laughs> you have the cable tower and you're right. like. Right. I just know. <laughs> generally stay in shape is how yeah. I like to put it. That's awesome. Cool. Well, maybe that's the next venture. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's really cool. Um, is there anything as far as the outdoors and off the water, what's your favorite activity to do outdoors? That's hmm. a good question. I feel like, wow, that's a good one. I mean, I feel like my favorite activity, one of my favorite things to do outdoors is just a good boating sandbar day with friends. Just take a day, drive the boat to a sandbar, go swimming. You know, it's very simple. You don't have to bring a lot of gear. You just bring some towels and some snacks and you're good to go. Yeah. And it's very low key. 
you know, because when you're fishing and stuff, you have to load the boat. You're up at the crack of dawn. Mm -hmm. So my idea of a nice day outdoors is maybe an afternoon boat boat day. Or even maybe like an afternoon dive of some type. So when we go lobstering or even necessarily maybe even scuba diving or anything snorkeling, um, I personally like to wait until like the sun gets a little higher, it's a little warmer out, so you can sleep in and just grab your dive gear and go. That's awesome. So I'm just going to kind of point out there, you're so focused on what you love, which is the water. When I said uh, an activity off the water, oh, that you, you like say that in water? exactly. That's oh. what I'm saying. So no, I love it. I love it because because it's not you, your mind still went to the water. You guys are like fish, right? Yeah. And so that, that's that's amazing, and uh, I, I think that's cool. You know, it doesn't have to be. You don't always have to do anything too crazy in the outdoors to for it to be you know an adventure, um, and that's what I try and stress with, to people that. You know, fitness doesn't have to be difficult. It could be simple. You just make it simple, whatever your goals are. And, and it's funny that people have emailed you asking you about what yeah. training regimen for, uh, for pulling in fish. But um, I would just say that, you know, for everyone out there listening, like you guys are out there active all the time. You don't think of it as activity necessarily. But even just balancing on the boat while you're rocking in the waves, like things like that, your body's doing stuff that a lot of people don't. And you obviously wouldn't do if you were sitting on the couch. And, uh, you know, I've never been diving. I've heard it's amazing. To me, the ocean is like outer space. It's not something that I'm too interested in experiencing. But, uh, you know, people that have that drive, I admire. You know, it's awesome that, that you do have that drive. Um, so, so with, with sandbar, you just go out to the sandbar and mm-hmm. just hang out. It's like another beach. It's basically. like a beach day. Yeah. It's okay. very it's common it. in South day. Florida is you take your, there's, there's a lot of different sandbars you can go to, but you take your boat. It's basically a beach you can only access by boat. So right. it's a little more remote. Um, like your own island. Yeah, we'll almost. take our dog with us. We'll take our dog. Yeah. Especially like down in the keys. There's some beautiful, like white sandbars that you can only get there by boat and, you know, you go at low tide and sometimes we'll bring like a grill and make burgers. Mm. Yeah. You like grill fun. out on the boat, have some burgers, bring our dog, that yeah. kind of thing. That's really cool. That sounds like a lot of fun. Uh, and then with, well, you know, I, I think we've covered all three things. I was going to ask <laughs> a little bit more about, about the fitness side of things, but you guys have, uh, have covered that. Is there anything that I'm not asking about maybe your brand, your content, something that maybe you'd like to share? Um, I mean, I would say that if there's anything we haven't shared, it's that all of our content is kind of back to your family and faith side, is family friendly. So two-year-olds to grandparents can Mm -hmm. sit down on the couch and watch it. We don't want the, we would never post a video that the parent has to sit over the kid's shoulder. So there's no swearing, our content is all alcohol free. Um, So we just want to create a space where families can get together, sit on the couch, and not and enjoy something right just good wholesome content that's good that's really good um all right well where can people find you guys if they want to look you up and yeah figure out how to fish yeah <laughs> i would say so um if you want to be a vip <laughs> we have our email subscriber list which is galeforcefishing.com and there's a little subscribe button in the top right and that's where we will send emails out about our fishing trips we host. We're hosting a women's fishing trip in Guatemala. It is booked, but that is where we will tell people. Or new if a, a new video airs, we will send an email out that a new video has aired or a new rod comes out. So our emails are definitely like really if you really want to know what's always going on, like that's where you want to be. Other than that, though, we are Gale Force Twins across the board on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. So we okay. try to hit all the different demographics and all the platforms. That's awesome. Cool. Um, well, thank you for being on. I appreciate yeah, your time. Thank you for having us. And uh, I'm definitely going to – I'll leave the links down below for everyone out there listening that wants to learn about angling because I am not your resource. Uh, these these two wonderful ladies would definitely love to help you out, uh, especially if you're down in Florida um, or want to book any of the trips that they've got uh, coming up. You guys are going to have multiple, I'm yes. assuming. Um, and, and they'd love to help you out with just getting you some fish on the hook. So – um yeah other than that i don't really have anything and i appreciate your time and and uh as i always say guys get out live your life and love it all right hope you enjoyed that conversation as much as i enjoyed having the conversation with emily and amanda Um, if i'm ever down in florida in their area i'm definitely gonna be hitting them up for a trip um to go learn how to fish because i don't i don't really do offshore fishing but 
if that ever does come around uh, for you, I'd recommend hitting them up. I'm going to leave their links down below so you can go check them out, check out their content. They, they put out some great stuff for people like me that don't know anything about fishing all the way up to people that have knowledge and could still learn a little bit more. So definitely go check them out. Gale Force Twins, Emily and Amanda. And of course, join me over at Redbeard's Fit Crew, guys. Love to have you in the community. Great group of like-minded individuals that loves getting after it, getting better at life, getting outdoors and up in their fitness. Um, we've got everything from families in there to single uh, people that maybe be older or younger and are just at different levels of their life. And I want to get you connected with them so that you can create bonds and just help each other out, get better, and live happier and healthier lives. Go check that out at Redbeard's Fit Crew on Facebook. And uh, thanks so much for listening in, guys. You have an amazing rest of your weekend. And of course, get out, live your life, and love it.